The American military shoots down three unidentified flying objects in a week, and we examine what the hell they might be. We review the Super Bowls, cultural highlights and lowlights, and the Washington Post stands up for those most affected by Valentine's Day, the asexual. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, we'll get to all the Super Bowl stuff in just a little bit here. Essentially, over the weekend, the aliens tried to invade, saw the Super Bowl halftime show, went, what the F, and immediately got the hell out of there on their spaceships as fast as humanly possible. But the big story over the course of the weekend is that apparently we are now just going happy hunting on a bunch of unidentified flying objects. There were three unidentified flying objects shot down within the course of days. The first was shot down over Alaska, apparently. Uh, according to CNN.com, President Biden told CNN the shootdown of a high-altitude object hovering over Alaska on Friday was a success, shortly after American national security officials disclosed that the commander-in-chief gave the U.S. military approval to take the action. The announcement, marking the second time American fighter jets have taken down an object flying over U.S. airspace in a little less than a week, comes after the administration was subjected to a slew of questions about the timing of Joe Biden's decision to shoot down that suspected Chinese spy balloon that was floating all over the continental United States. This time, the president basically said, Get out of that. And they shot it down. That's a direct quote from the president. After the object was first detected on Thursday, F-35s were scrambled to investigate, according to a U.S. official. The object, according to National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications, John Kirby, was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Apparently, along with efforts by F-35s on Thursday to monitor the thing, fighter aircraft were then engaged with the object on Friday morning, and that yielded limited information. They found out the thing was not manned, and then they immediately shot it down. Joe Biden, of course, declared this an absolute success. Here we go. The Pentagon and NORAD are refusing to say. Now, President Biden was asked about this latest operation. He only gave a one-word answer. Do you have anything to say about the object shot down over Alaska, Mr. President? Success. He was wearing his aviator sunglasses, so presumably he personally Went up there, Tom Cruise style, Top Gun, and uh, and shot it down. Or alternatively, it was just a floating Chinese spy balloon again. According to CNN, a U.S. official noted there was not a serious concern about collateral damage to people or property on the ground when the decision to shoot it down was made. This was one of the big questions. As you'll recall, when it came to the first Chinese spy balloon, which went over the entire United States, the supposed concern was if we shoot it down, it might hit a school. It might kill a couple of kids. And apparently after Joe Biden received some bad press coverage, this time, there was an alert of a Chinese spy balloon. He's like, well, screw the kids. And they, uh, and they shot it down. Apparently, U.S. Northern Command and NORAD wanted to shoot down the object during the daytime because the brief hours of sunlight in the far north made it easier to spot for a fast-moving jet trying to find and follow a slow-moving object. The object apparently did not have any surveillance equipment, which would make it both smaller and less sophisticated than the Chinese balloon that was shot down last weekend. Military officials say this was not, in fact, us shooting down our own materiel. This was not an American-made object. Representative Jim Himes, Democrat of Connecticut, he says, we probably took it down because of, you know, the, the spy balloon last week. Well, saying the quiet part out loud here, which is Joe Biden got embarrassed over the Chinese spy balloon. So now we're just shooting down anything in sight, apparently. Do you know anything about what was shot down today or, or, or why two things were shot down in such a short span? My best guess is that um, for the first time, because of the emergence of this balloon, um, a lot of eyes are trained. The first one, the, the Chinese. The, the, the first one. So uh, I think this is. Probably a case of now we're looking really hard mm -hmm. and, 
you may remember when we did the big hearings around uh, what people call UFOs, what we're supposed to call unidentified aerial phenomenon. It turns out there's an immense amount of junk floating around up there. There's weather balloons. There's private companies that put things up to try to provide Internet service. So my best uh, speculative guess right now is that it was probably something like that. And they just said, given what we just all went through for a week, better to just take this thing down. Okay, and uh, and the the head of the spokesperson for for the Pentagon, John Kirby, he says this particular object was not manned, which it would have been a shock if it had been manned, because presumably we'd be at war with somebody if we were shooting down manned space objects or manned aerospace objects. Here we go. Given how little was known about this object at the time that our forces shot it down, is it safe to say that when the president ordered that it be shot down, he did not know? whether it was a manned or unmanned object. We were able to uh, get some fighter aircraft up and around it uh, before uh, the order to shoot it down, and the pilot's assessment was that this was not manned. Okay, so that was object number one that was shot down over the weekend. Object number two that was shot down over the weekend was a cylindrical object that was shot down over Canada. So apparently there are a lot of these objects and we're just shooting down a lot of them right now. According to the New York Times, an American fighter jet acting on the orders of President Biden and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada. This is the first time Justin Trudeau has ever gotten to take credit for anything military related. He gets to pretend that he's a a big, strong fellow, Justin Trudeau, handsome Bernie Sanders up there in Canada. Apparently, Canadian-American officials said that they ordered the takedown of another object over Canada. Trudeau said, I ordered the takedown of an unidentified object that violated Canadian airspace. He actually put out a tweet to this effect, championing his own strong defense for shooting down another unidentified object. Quote, I ordered the takedown of an unidentified object that violated Canadian airspace. NORAD command shot down the object over the Yukon. Canadian and U.S. aircraft were scrambled. Now he's Scottish. And a U.S. F-22 successfully fired at the object. Well, very, very exciting stuff. As with the object that Biden ordered shot down near Alaska on Friday. Officials said they really didn't know what they had blasted out of the sky over Yukon, which is, of course, great strategy. So the thing about the Chinese spy balloon is we knew exactly what it was and we still didn't shoot it down. Here we're like, we don't know what it is, but, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to Joe Biden that all these objects are floating around up there. So we better shoot all of them down. The White House said in a statement on Saturday that Biden and Trudeau had, quote, discussed the importance of recovering the object in order to determine more details on its purpose or origin. Late Saturday, the Federal Aviation Administration briefly closed also an area near Montana to air traffic. So apparently it suddenly got very crowded in the skies. And this is leading to some speculation. Could the invasion be imminent? Could the aliens be here? Talk about that. And how you protect yourself from the aliens. One thing they want is your information. No question. I mean, so does the government. So does big tech. They all want your data. But this is why you need ExpressVPN to protect yourself from both alien invasion and invasion of your personal data. You need ExpressVPN. I use ExpressVPN myself. It's very easy to use. Just hit one button. And now you are downloading the thing. You hit another button. And now you are connected. And this means that your information is protected. ExpressVPN is like magic. It reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers. So your ISP can't even track your online activity. Now you might be thinking to yourself, wait, if, um, if the ISP can track my online activity and now it's being routed through ExpressVPN, can't ExpressVPN do the same thing? Well, not really, because ExpressVPN is the only VPN that uses trusted server technology that makes it literally impossible for their VPN servers to store data. They even have one of the biggest assurance firms in the country, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Audit their technology so you know you can trust it. I've been using ExpressVPN for years. You should do the same. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben right now. Find out how you can get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. Again, Express. 
vpn.com slash Ben to get started. Okay, so we'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. The United States military also shot down this cylindrical object over Canada. Corinne Jean-Pierre was tried out to explain what exactly had happened, why it was Justin Trudeau involved in the decision-making, and um, she is legitimately the worst press secretary in American history. She is truly awful at this. Why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a... It, Part of a, it's a, it's a, what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, a, a pact, so, a pact okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that. Again, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in, in, uh, in, uh, clearly in, 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 in step with uh, right. Canada. With Canada, guys. Well, so long as we are on board with Canada, we in Canada will take out the alien invasion. Apparently, there was then a fourth flying object that was shot down on Sunday afternoon. This one was at 20,000 feet above Lake Huron, according to the Pentagon, according to the Wall Street Journal. An F-16 fighter jet shot down the object on the orders of President Biden at 2.42 p.m. using the same kind of missile used in the previous three shootdowns, an AIM-9X Sidewinder. The U.S. was not tracking other objects as of Saturday night, said Air Force General Glenn Van Herc, the commander of U.S. Northern Command and the North American Aerospace Defense Command. U.S. Coast Guard is searching for the object that was shot down over Michigan and appeared to land in Canadian waters or Canadian waters as the as the White House press secretary might say. Pentagon officials said that none of these appeared to pose a military threat, but um, that officials could not rule out additional takedowns of unidentified objects in American airspace. And of course, there was apparently an object that nobody could then find, which shut down Montana airspace over the weekend as well. The Northern American Aerospace Defense Command put out a statement saying NORAD detected a radar anomaly and sent fighter aircraft to investigate. The aircraft did not identify any object to correlate to the radar hits, NORAD will continue to monitor the situation. The one that was shot down over Lake Huron apparently was octagonal in, in shape. Jim Himes, again, he's the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee for the Democrats. He says that the last two objects probably are not Chinese, actually, which raises questions as to exactly what they are. If we find out these two objects are also of Chinese government origin, what does that say about our relationship right now? Well, I'd, I'd, first of all, I'd be surprised by that. I'm going to be careful because I don't know what the second and third objects were, but I'd be surprised by that. I mean, I think it's fair to say that the Chinese are probably pretty embarrassed uh, that they let uh, a surveillance platform, the first one, go over the United States. It became a you know cause celeb around the world. We now own it. That's not a comfortable thing for the Chinese. And of course, we canceled the trip of the Secretary of State. So my, my guess is that that, that the other two objects are not Chinese, that China is doing everything they can right now to keep as low a profile as possible. 
So he says that uh, maybe they're not Chinese. Maybe they are Chinese. Meanwhile, Chuck Schumer, the Senate majority leader, he says, well, they, they probably are Chinese. I mean, probably these are Chinese spy balloons again. Question over the Chinese spy planes and other aerial objects. Three incidents in a week. President Biden took some heat from your Democratic colleagues for not shooting down the spy balloons sooner. What can you tell us about these last two incidents, Friday and Saturday night? And you're, are you confident in the overall administration response? You can be sure that if any, any uh, American interests or people are at risk, they'll take appropriate action. Until they get that comprehensive analysis, however, we have to look at each balloon individually were these and see what Friday this and Saturday night? They believe they were, yes, uh, but much smaller than the uh, than the one, the first one. Okay. Meanwhile, the New York Times has an entire report on exactly what the hell is going on here, asking whether this is indeed the imminent alien invasion. Quote, if the truth is out there, it certainly is not apparent yet. Pentagon and intelligence officials are trying to make sense of three unidentified flying objects over Alaska, Canada, and Michigan that U.S. fighter jets shot down with missiles on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The latest turn in the aerial show taking place in the skies above North America comes after a helter-skelter weekend involving what at times seemed like an invasion of unidentified flying objects. And of course, this raised the question, of whether the aliens were, in fact, your General Glenn Van Herc mentioned as head of NORAD before. He, uh, he was asked about this. He said, well, we can't rule anything out. Maybe it is an alien invasion. Who knows? No one knows. We can't rule it out. This is for General Van Herc. Uh, because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? terrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with the attempt to identify it. So this is a um... Exciting, exciting stuff. Maybe the aliens are here after all. Or maybe they're just adjusting over at NORAD all of their defense mechanisms because it turns out that after Joe Biden gets embarrassed, then all of a sudden you're going to up the ante and you're going to shoot everything out of the sky. So it doesn't appear that Joe Biden is a weakling because Joe Biden, as it turns out, is in fact a weakling. According to the New York Times, after the transit of the spy balloon this month, NORAD adjusted its radar system to make it more sensitive. As a result, the number of objects it detected increased sharply. In other words, NORAD is picking up more incursions because it's now looking for them, spurred on by the heightened awareness caused by the Fuhrer over the spy balloon, which floated over the continental United States for a week before an F-22 shot it down on February 4th. Assistant Secretary of Defense for Homeland Security and Atmospheric Affairs Melissa Dalton said, quote, we have been more closely scrutinizing our airspace at these altitudes, including enhancing our radar, which may at least partly explain the increase in objects we've detected over the past week. By the way, this means it's kind of miraculous that we haven't had a plane hit one of these things, no? I mean, if, if we literally were not looking for them and now we just kind of fine tune the radar a little bit, what have we been doing for the past several years? Why exactly were we not looking for these things for years on end? And if they're not dangerous at all, why are we looking for them right now? And the, the, there are a few different explanations that have been offered here. UFOs are one. We'll get to that in, uh, in just one moment. First, simple facts of the matter. A lot of companies that you patronize don't actually like you very much. And so many of them at the Super Bowl. These are companies that take your money and then they use it to make woke propaganda. Well, I'll tell you who won't do that. A company that won't do that is Pure Talk. Pure Talk is the antidote to the woke wireless companies. Pure Talk is one of the largest networks in the country. Other companies will try to lock you into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Pure Talk will not. Pure Talk is a no-contract wireless company. It's the only wireless company to offer a 100% money-back guarantee. They're so sure you're going to love their service. If you don't, they'll give you your money back. 
Stop paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Cut your bill in half with Pure Talk. Their U.S.-based customer service team makes the switch really, really easy. So head on over to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That's puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Why give money to companies that really hate your guts? Instead, why not redirect your money toward companies that give you the same or better service and also don't hate your guts? Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many, or installation is just one low cost. And if you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at Blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. So again, we've had many reports in the recent past of UFOs. Apparently, according to NPR, this is just a couple of weeks ago, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office has received 366 reports of unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP, which is basically UFOs, since it was formed last summer. That total reflected 247 new UFO reports and another 119 that occurred before March 2021, but had not been included in an earlier preliminary report. They've confirmed a huge number of what exactly these aerial objects are, and a huge number of them were found to be balloons. According to NPR, the bulk of those reports were attributed to balloons or balloon-like entities. Another 26 were found to be various types of drones, and six were attributed to clutter. That would be plastic bags, weather phenomena, and birds. No aliens have been identified as of yet. Whenever we hear UFOs, everybody immediately jumps to X-Files. It's, it's, it's the aliens. But the reality is, what, what is the most likely thing that is going on here? The most likely thing that is going on here is that we are now, because the president is sensitive to being labeled a coward, shooting down everything. What's hilarious is the Chinese, who are now attempting to pretend that the alien invasion is imminent also, so that they can shoot down American spy equipment. The Global Times, which is a Chinese-controlled outlet, tweeted out over the weekend, quote, local maritime authorities in East China's Shandong province announced on Sunday they had spotted an unidentified flying object in waters near the coastal city of Ruzhou in the province and were preparing to shoot it down, reminding fishermen to be safe via messages. Yeah, that's that's probably, a, it, probably it's a UFO. It's not you guys just trying to save face while all of your stuff is getting shot down. Now, listen, should we be shooting down all this? Sure. We should shoot down any piece of Chinese material that enters over American airspace. Why would we not do that? And it is very convenient for members of both governments to blame UFOs or to leave it vague out there so that it doesn't raise tensions. It's also possible that some of the stuff that's being shot down is more sophisticated Chinese equipment than the American officials actually wish to acknowledge. It's possible that the Chinese have gotten further developmentally than American officials want to be made public. Or maybe these Chinese vehicles are really unsophisticated and the Americans know that and they don't want to let the Chinese know that they know that. So instead, they're trying to cover up for it. However, unlike my colleague, Matt Walsh, who's very invested in the this is the alien invasion theory, I'm, I'm very not invested in this is the alien invasion theory, mainly because I feel like if the aliens came here, they wouldn't be floating 
octagonal balloons that we could shoot down over Lake Huron with like a single flight of an F-22. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If you're going to cross millions of light years of space, it seems to me that the equipment that you use to surveil America or the rest of the world ought to be better than like the crap the Chinese are putting up there in a giant balloon. But again, I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. Could it be? Well, let's put it this way. If it were, if you're an alien, why would you want to invade the Earth? Like, what, what would be the point? Considering that we produce things like the Super Bowl and people who riot when their team doesn't win the Super Bowl. So last night in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a very controversial call. And then at the very end of the game, there's a pass interference call on the cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's kind of a rinky-dink call. It didn't seem like a lot of interference. The ball was really overthrown by Patrick Mahomes. It, is, it allowed the, the Chiefs a reset on downs, and that allowed them essentially to run out the clock. Now, the reality is that the Chiefs were in pretty commanding position anyway. Even if they'd had to kick the field goal, there still was only about a minute 30 left on the clock, minute 40 left on the clock. And so Jalen Hurts would have t- had to take his team all the way down the field in that particular amount of time. If you're, if you're angry at the refs and you're an Eagles fan, maybe you should be more angry at your team, which blew a 10-point lead after the first half. That's the, a double-digit lead that you blew in the Super Bowl because your defense didn't perform. But Eagles fans were going to riot either way. This is the beautiful thing about Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, is that you know they're going to riot literally no matter what. If they'd won, there would have been riots. And they didn't, so there were riots. According to the New York Post, dejected Eagles fans took to the streets of Philadelphia en masse, shouting F the Chiefs, lighting fireworks, and clashing with police after the team's devastating Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. Obviously, white supremacy at work, clashing with the police. They're really angry that the police are racist, which is why the Chiefs won. Broad Street looked like a sea of green as heartbroken Philly fans climbed lights and chanted obscenities after the Eagles' stunning 38-35 feet, according to NJ.com and videos posted to social media. Police issued warnings to rowdy fans, some of whom were seen igniting fireworks on the ground, climbing greased poles, and jumping onto bus shelters, according to Fox News. So, you know, that, that's, that's just like a, a nice Sunday night in Philadelphia, honestly. Earlier in the day, wild fans overturned a car on a crowded street near Temple University before the game even started. Welcome to Philadelphia, where they throw batteries at Santa Claus at, at the Philly Stadium. People remained mostly peaceful on Broad Street. The crowd emptied the streets between 11 p.m. and midnight. The diehards had started partying when the Eagles held a lead, but then, of course, they lost. And so that was a good excuse for people to climb poles and, uh, and start to lose their minds. This is, a board, this is what a board culture looks like. And a culture, by the way, I'm going to say a culture without kids. Like, you got kids, Super Bowl ends, you got to make sure your kids are in bed. You got to get ready for work the next day. Who has time to go out and riot after your team loses a game? And riot against what exactly? Riot against the cops? Genius level stuff there from the Philadelphia Eagles fans. But it's what we've come to expect, unfortunately, from many of the fans in the city. of Listen, I'm from L.A. They used to do it in L.A. also. It's like the, the Lakers would win the, the championship and then they'd burn a bunch of cars in L.A. So not unique to Philadelphia. Okay, in just a second, we'll get more on the Super Bowl first. Now, let's say that there's an emergency. Let's say that your team loses the Super Bowl and there are riots in the street. And this means that you can no longer get to the local CVS to pick up your medication. What exactly are you going to do? You need Jace Medical because here's the thing. There might be medications that are at that CVS that you need. You need them in your house in case, God forbid, you got Philadelphia Eagles fans riding outside your house, overturning cars because they don't like a call on a cornerback. We've talked about supply chain issues in the past more seriously. We've talked about serious emergencies on on this show as well. Whenever that sort of stuff crops up, you got to think to yourself, do I have the resources I need? You need the Jace case. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you should have on hand at all times for common emergencies. We have the Jace case at our house. 
Makes me feel a lot more secure about, God forbid, something happens. My kids are taken care of. Visit jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes. Fill out their online form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician. Your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Enter code BEN at checkout for a discount on your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code BEN. Again, jacemedical.com. Promo code BEN to get started and get that Jace case. Ensure your family's health. jacemedical.com. Okay, so meanwhile, the Super Bowl always is sort of Cultural bellwether. So one of the reasons people like watching the Super Bowl who are not even particularly into football is because it is maybe the only unifying moment in American life left at this point. The State of the Union is not particularly unifying. Even on July 4th, you'll see a lot of people who are out there shouting about how America is historically founded in racism and it's quite terrible. And so the Super Bowl, because it is both a combination of a grand unified event for tens of millions of Americans and also a, a cultural event in the sense that we, we are all watching as corporations try to make money off us. It, it, tro- it shows you where the corporations think your head is at. Where do the corporations think the direction of the culture is going? And the answer is progressively to the left. And the Super Bowl has decided that they are going to woke up a little bit, at least a little bit. It's not as bad as it was a few years ago when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for cash. And that, that's what he was doing. He was a second string quarterback who was radically unsuccessful and then decided that he was a victim of American society. By the way, you will remember that when Colin Kaepernick did his, his protest for millions of dollars in advertising money, remember when he did that, that Rihanna was invited to sing at the Super Bowl that year. And then she proclaimed she would not sing at the Super Bowl because of Colin Kaepernick. Well, she did sing at the Super Bowl this year, if you can call what she did last night singing. Typically, singing requires you to have more than about a six-note range, but apparently not in modern pop music. In any case, we're going to go through some of the cultural items from the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl, even before it kicked off, got kind of woke. Uh, There was a performance of the so-called Black National Anthem by Cheryl Lee Ralph. Now, this, once again, is a case of of the face tattoo syndrome. What I mean by this is that the so-called Black National Anthem lift every voice and sing. They started doing this, again, in the aftermath of Colin Kaepernick's protest as an attempt to sop the left on racial issues. And they're still doing this before the Super Bowl now. And it's called the Black National Anthem for a reason for a lot of people. But people in the media are like, why are you calling it the Black National Anthem? Why are you making a big deal? Why are you making a big deal out of it? Why are you doing it at all? It turns out we have a national anthem in this country and it's called the Star Spangled Banner. And we all share it. And there are a bunch of other songs. They're not racially motivated or or racially divisive or or in any way sectarian. Nothing wrong with the song's fine song. The question is, is there a Latino American national anthem or a Jewish American national anthem or a Polish American national anthem that has to be sung before the Super Bowl as well? Or is it only the black national anthem that gets sung before the Super Bowl? I'm just wondering, again, the Super Bowl is supposed to be a grand unifying cultural event. Why you have a woke sectarian lead up to the event. So here is uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph singing the so-called black national anthem. Okay, so, you know, all right, but there's only one reason that you're doing this, and this is because you are attempting to woke up the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what that is, is it not? If if anyone has another theory, I'm perfectly willing to hear it. There's a reason you pick the song. 
There's a reason that the woman who's singing the song is black and every background singer is black. Obviously, it is a racial thing. Pretending that it is not is an attempt at gaslighting. Okay, well, other kind of woke elements. So very often at the Super Bowl, you will have a Blue Angels flyover, right? You'll have uh, you'll have four military aircraft that fly over the stadium. Uh, and here you had military aircraft fly over the stadium during the national anthem. The military aircraft were all flown by females. Now, I don't even know how you categorize a female now, according to the U.S. military under Joe Biden. Perhaps some of them were biological males. We don't know. It seems kind of cisgender and um, cisnormative. If these were all biological females, I would hope that at least one of them was a man who identifies as a female. And that seems like the only real way to do this. Um, but they, they flew, listen, all of these women are doing a lot more for the country than I am. They're serving in the military. That's great. The point is that the military, in conjunction with the NFL, decided that it was very important, symbolically speaking, to have only women fly over the stadium, which again is a way of trying to virtue signal to the left-wing social crowd. Yeah, you guys might not like the military very much, but there are females who are flying those planes, and that's the really, really important thing. And it always brings to mind that, that famous meme of a bomb dropping from an American plane with an American flag on it. It's like, this is Republican presidents, and then a bomb dropping from an American plane with the trans flag on it, and this is Democrat presidents. The military is good when there are a bunch of women who are flying the planes, apparently. There is something weirdly metaphorical about them flying over a closed stadium because State Farm Arena, which is in Arizona, uh, apparently the roof was on because it's very hot outside. And uh, so you have, I guess, the glass ceiling there for, for the ladies. So here's what that looked like. There they are. The all women fly over. Very cool. Oh, history making. So proud of them. They took a a hard left turn, went directly up to the Canadian border to shoot down some Chinese spy balloons. So that was exciting stuff. Meanwhile, that was not the NFL's only attempt to uh, fight back against the scourge of sexism. I, I do love all of this attempt to woke up a sport where giant, extremely physically fit men beat the living hell out of each other. I mean, let's just face it. The most heteronormative sport in America right now, outside the UFC, is football. It is a bunch of extremely fit, able-bodied young men beating the living bleep out of each other, like taking each other's heads off. It's, it's the equivalent of the Roman Colosseum. We all know this to be true. We kind of ignore it for purposes of enjoying it. But um, the NFL is trying, to, is trying to now make NFL a female thing. They're trying to say that, that women playing football is a thing people are going to watch. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's going to that's gonna go over to like gang. But I mean, the WNBA has been so wildly successful. Its fan loves it. So um, here was the NFL pushing women's flag football. I'm sure. How many of you tuning in? You, you t- no, no. Bueller, Bueller. Here we go. I am here with world champion Deanna Flores. And Deanna, you are so elusive. Is there anybody that can pull your flags? Well, I'm sure someone can. They're right yeah. here. <laughs> what? We are flags! What are you doing? Game on! I got it! Game on! I got it! Okay, so we are now doing women's flag football. Everyone's chasing her. She's amazing at this. Men, full-grown full men cannot catch up to this woman. She's so strong, she runs through doors and knocks men down. That's her mother trying to grab her flags. It's a commercial for uh, NFL women or something. And then all the women arrive to guide her forward, and they're all running away from men. To the women pushing football forward, we can't wait to see where you take this game. You're not taking this game anywhere, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, let's be real about this. How many female players are there in the NFL? 
I understand that we made a big, big deal out of there was a college football kicker who was a female and she squib kicked and everybody's like, oh my God, she's amazing at squib kicking. You mean like a bad punt or a bad kickoff? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but this is, this is what we're going to do now. So, good times. Okay, other, uh, other sort of notable moments from the, uh, from the NFL. So, a lot of the commercials are, they, they weren't super woke this year, which was kind of a relief. They had their moments. My favorite sort of unintentionally left-wing moment was the Google Pixel Erasure ad where they just started erasing people from history a la Stalin. Stalin would have loved the magic eraser from Google Pixel. Well, so uh, for those who can't see, there says little fixes and they're literally just removing people from from photos. Huge fixes. Wait, uh, removing your ex-husband. Oh, uh, there's Amy Schumer. Why is she a thing? No one knows. What dunk? Fixed on Pixel. Okay, so we're, we're now, this is going to make for a, a great, uh, I would say, fact-based reality that we can now erase people randomly from photos. That'll, that'll be excellent. Meanwhile, there are a bunch of electric car ads. Now, listen, I have a Tesla. I like electric cars. But I have to say that the focus on electric cars, this seems to be a little bit out of proportion to the number of people in America who can afford to buy an electric car at this point. Here is Will Ferrell, who ceased being funny, oh, what, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, doing a, a commercial. And, and I have to, one, one of the things that, that is noticeable about the commercials these days is America's an old country. We are getting older and older. There was a full commercial with John Travolta singing a song from Greece, and he was accompanied by Zach Braff and Donald Faison from Scrubs, which was kind of a niche show even when it was on the air, and everybody is like 50. It's kind of awkward. Here's Will Ferrell pushing electric cars. How old is Will Ferrell at this point? I, I believe that Will Ferrell is currently 55 years of age. This is a this is a Gen X boomer country, man. Here we go. General Motors is going electric, and Netflix is joining in by including more EVs in their movies and shows. The least they can do. Well, that's exciting. Well, if you're going to get swarmed by an army of the dead, why not get swarmed in an EV? No. I said real fighting. Or if you're being voluntarily kidnapped, why not be kidnapped in an EV? What's that scent? Is it pine? Now, should they add EVs everywhere? Okay. They shallant. They shan't. Is it shallant or shan't? It's neither. What about here, Erica? You're ruining the show, you idiot. What do you mean? It's me, Dusty. You're not. Yeah, you're right. This is ridiculous. Tammy, wait. Later, loser. But anywhere else, it makes sense. There goes another runner. Brad was so much better for you. You should have gone with Brad. Get Brad. Are you serious? So. Why not make more of those cars electric? Wow. It's the least they can do. Okay. Weak stuff there from both Netflix and the EV companies. I do love that that now they have to virtue signal uh, virtue signal about virtue signaling. It's like a it's an infinite vortex of virtue signaling. We're, we're not just gonna virtue signal. By, for example, showing electric cars, we're going to virtue signal about doing it in our TV shows, and then we'll triple virtue signal by making a commercial about virtue signaling about the virtue signaling. Really strong stuff. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the weird halftime show, and it was weird, starring Rihanna. Just a reminder, Rihanna said a few years ago that she was not going to perform in the halftime show because she was so mad about Colin Kaepernick. Apparently, the time has now passed. Enough time has elapsed for her to perform in the halftime show. We'll get to her performance in just one second. It left something to be desired. Well, if you watch all of this cultural malaise and you think to yourself, man, I am kind of old. 
I need to make a will. Well, now would be a great time to actually make a will. Recent surveys reveal that as many as 67% of Americans don't actually have a will. Do not be a member of that statistic. For just 119 bucks in as little as five minutes, Epic Will can help you create your last will and testament, living will, even healthcare power of attorney. Their step-by-step online form makes it incredibly easy. All you need to do is fill in the blanks. Really, really important, by the way. My wife and I have a will. We have a living will. You gotta make sure that it's not the government disposing of your assets or some random relative deciding whether to pull the plug on you. Right? These are the things you decide when you make a will. And when you make a living will, 67% of Americans don't have a will. Choose today. Be in the smarter third. Go to epicwill.com. Use promo code Shapiro. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That is epicwill.com. Promo code Shapiro. Again, a will is a very important thing to have. We'll all pass away at some point. You got to make sure that all your assets and your family are properly taken care of. Go to epicwill.com. Promo code Shapiro. Also, to celebrate President's Day this year, The Daily Wire is launching our Presidents for Sale sale with 40% off new annual memberships. The big guy got 10%, but we are giving you 40%. Joe Biden would take advantage. Get access to the world of Daily Wire Plus with fearless documentaries, gripping movies, Dennis Prager's The Master's Program, and the entire library of Dr. Jordan Peterson's work, including new productions like Exodus, Logos and Literacy, and On Marriage, all available to watch right this minute. Coming down the pipeline to a TV or laptop near you, new episodes of my series, The Search, Jordan's Exodus Part 2, I took part in that one, our much-anticipated DW Kids content, and Pendragon, our first dramatic series later this year, to sweeten the deal like Joe Biden's favorite ice cream. We are also giving you up to 40% off select items in the Daily Wire shop. Take advantage of our President's for Sale sale today. You know he would. Just go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member today. That is dailywire.com slash subscribe. Okay, well, there's only one part of the actual Super Bowl show that many women watch, and that, of course, is the halftime show, which is really kind of the only explanation for why Rihanna was there, as I'll remind you. She was supposed to not be on the Super Bowl since about 2018 when Colin Kaepernick fell out of favor in the NFL because he is a tool bag. She said she was not going to perform at the halftime show. Well, now she's back to performing at the halftime show. It was super weird. It was super duper weird. So it was weird because as staged, it was as though they basically had the set designer for The Last Jedi create all of the costuming and sets. It was very strange. She was wearing like the Emperor's Royal Guard red uniform and everybody behind her was wearing the white Stormtrooper uniform. They also appeared to be wearing, I guess, the COVID outfits from China, like the COVID cleanup outfits from China. I saw some people online comparing this to um, sperm in search of an egg because there were like thousands and thousands of people clad in white and one Rihanna <laughs> in, in red at the very center. It was, it was very, very strange optics for sure. I will admit that Rihanna is not, in fact, my favorite singer. Uh, one of the reasons for that is that as much as I don't like pop music and haven't liked pop music pretty much my entire career, you can at least acknowledge that many of the former top pop singers could sing. Christina Aguilera used to have some pipes on her. Rihanna, her range is about the range of a cat being run over by a steamroller. Namely, like seven notes. And she really does not have more than about an octave range. She does not have the ability to, to, to belt. She, she really, like, I just, I'm not a Rihanna fan. The entire optic was strange also because she was just on these rising and lowering platforms. And these platforms would just go up and down almost at random. Here's a little bit of, of this. We'll, we'll watch a little bit of this together. She looked like something. It was her hair was done like Cindy Lou Who or something. It was kind of strange, at least in the, the previous. Oh, here the up. Oh, oh, she's being followed. What, what is happening right now? Riveting. Now, she, to be fair, she, she couldn't dance last night. Up oh, here we go. She's grabbing her a crotch, of course. This happened multiple times last night because now because she was pregnant, she was much more modest than, than women have been in the past on this show. 
And she's kind of barely bouncing around. I'm, <laughs> my wife and I were laughing at this last night because my wife is six months pregnant. So apparently significantly more pregnant than Rihanna. So we're just imagining her doing these dances, which would have been hilarious. But um, she, she, she couldn't do much last night. And I, I get it. I mean, she's pregnant. Now, I have to say, the NFL and she and her agent, they all knew she was pregnant before she did the show. I'm going to suggest that the reason they did not announce that until after the show is specifically because they knew that she was not going to be good. So if they had said before the show, by the way, Rihanna's pregnant, people have been like, um, is it safe to put a pregnant lady on risers that are going like up 200 feet in the air with no guardrails? Like, is that like the best idea? And, um, and if they do it after the show, then that makes a good excuse for her not being very good last night with her, with her COVID crew, her COVID cleanup crew last night. Here she was, uh, once again, grabbing her crotch. There's a lot of crotch grabbage last night. It's still better than it has been at the Super Bowl for quite a while because the Super Bowl has been kind of a center of Vegas-style degradation for a long time. She's the most clothed that um, any of these female pop stars has been for, for quite a while. Uh, here she was uh, doing some crotch grabbing, of course. She's grabbing her butt. And now um, she has a tail or something. There's the COVID crew dancing with her. Uh, and uh, some more crotch grabbage and uh, putting it across her mouth and nose. It's just delightful stuff for, for the children, of course. Now, I know everybody on the left, anytime you mention the children, they're like, well, then don't have your kids watch. I didn't have my kids watch the halftime show, but I'm not going to pretend that there weren't millions of kids who watched, who didn't watch the halftime show. They did. I mean, millions of kids watched the halftime show. The NFL knows this. This was less offensive than most of the shows. And just on a pure aesthetic level, it's a bad show. And on a pure aesthetic level, it was 20 minutes of the same thing over and over. And all of her songs, I hate to say it, they sound the same. They have no range. She can't sing. Saying the unpopular thing, but that's what we do here on the Ben Shapiro Show. We have unpopular cultural opinions that are significantly more controversial, apparently, than like my opinions about politics, which is kind of amazing to me. But if I say two things, one, it's nice that she's pregnant. And two, she did a crap show last night. Then everybody loses it. No, no. It was an amazing show and you will love it. She's a beautiful woman of color who's pregnant. You will love that show. You will love it. And if you mentioned that it was a bad show and it was very unentertaining and incredibly boring, this, this is probably because you're some sort of bigot. Mm, I mean, pretty sure it's just because it was kind of a boring show. It was kind of boring. So, you know, there, there, is your, there is your breakdown. So, the Super Bowl overall, it wasn't like super duper woke. It wasn't as woke as it was in past years. It didn't even have the same level of controversy as it did last year when it was a bunch of rappers who actually had criminal histories on the stage. But it just shows you the kind of cultural morass in which we find ourselves. Nothing of, of real quality happening out there. Meanwhile, speaking of targeting the children, Disney continues to pay. So Disney actually had a really nice commercial last night for old Disney. Disney had a commercial last night in which they showed all of their legacy properties and it made you super nostalgic. Like, I haven't been able to take my kids to a Disney World for, you know, a year. Basically, since Disney openly announced that they were trying to trans the kids, I've, I've been saying I'm not bringing my kids to Disney World, which is, on a personal level, annoying and painful for me because I really like Disney World a lot. I like Disneyland a lot. We were annual pass members in my family, but I'm not willing to patronize the same people who then subsidize a bunch of wokesters to indoctrinate my kids. I'm not willing to do that. Disney last night, they put out a commercial. It's a really nice commercial with all of their old legacy properties. The same ones they put kind of warning labels on, right? They had Peter Pan. If you watch Peter Pan on Disney Plus right now, they have a warning label at the front of Peter Pan telling you, you probably shouldn't watch this. But then they're willing to advertise this. And they had classics like Snow White. Snow White apparently has fallen out of favor as well for a bunch of nonsensical woke reasons. But they're, they're still willing to make money off of all of that. Well, 
in the real time, right? The, the stuff they're not actually marketing over on the Disney Plus commercial during the Super Bowl, the stuff they're not marketing is all of the woke crap that they are very invested in making. So during the Super Bowl, for example, they weren't showing you the, the Lightyear movie lesbian storyline. They weren't showing you clips from the Proud family. They weren't showing you any of the stuff that they feel that it is their job to do as the cultural vanguard. The Proud family has, has become sort of a thing on, on the Twitters now because people are noticing how woke the Proud family is. And it really is. I mean, it's so woke that there is a point where Robin DeAngelo's white fragility actually shows up on the show. Oh, well, you understand love, don't you? No. No, I do not understand anything about white fragility. White fragility? What's that supposed to mean? You know what it means. You're doing it right now. Doing what? Being defensive about race. Robin D'Angelo wrote a whole book about it. Read it. Yet again. On page 39. Same um, cover and everything. So now the uh, the white guy is now being forced to read White Fragility on a children's television show on, on Disney+. Plus. Or perhaps you would prefer the section of The Proud Family where a white girl is ripped up and down by her black female friends for dating a black guy. Apparently, this makes her very bad because apparently the black guy in the show prefers to date white girls. And they're like, all the black girls are like, that's awful. You can't date him. Now, if the black guy preferred to date black girls, apparently that'd be totally cool and fine. Not racist at all, Proud Family. Miss Proud? The only reason he asked her out is because she's white. That's not true. Oh, yes, it is true. Right, Maya? Yup. My cousin said Noah's favorite chocolate is white. No swirls. You're all just jealous that Noah asked me out and not you. It has nothing to do with me being white chocolate. Not that a person can be white chocolate. It has everything to do with you. And just a quick reminder here to Latoya Ravenu, who's one of the chief producers on Proud Family, is the same lady who said that she was pushing her not-at-all-secret gay agenda into children's programming. This, of course, is not the only children's programming or, ch- or programming directed at teens that is attempting to hijack the brains of your kids because this is our t- entertainment culture. Paramount Plus is now producing a prequel to Grease. Now, Grease is, is a little bit more mature than for the kiddies, but a lot of teenagers like the original musical Grease, remember, with John Travolta. And um, that musical was supposed to take place in the 50s. So now they're doing a Grease prequel that is getting a woke makeover. It is, it is apparently titled Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies, and it's about lesbians and transgenderism in 1954. Yeah, not, not super historically accurate, but it definitely has the values of the producers. Good morning, boys and girls. Thank you for the best summer of my short life. To end the divisions among us. I want to be a T-bird. <laughs> and become a truly united Rydale. He told me exactly what you did to get that jacket. There are a lot of kids in Rydell who are oh. sick of feeling Sorry. like they're not It's the marginalized, the marginalized I know what it pink feels ladies. like to not be like the others. Oh. Lesbians and transgenderism in 1954 in Greece. Yes, every legacy property must be made over with the wokeness. So tiresome. Don't, they don't have an agenda, guys. This is just what they find. It's just the most entertaining stuff. It's, it, there's no agenda whatsoever. Okay. So, meanwhile, in uh, less kind of frivolous news, I would say this is frivolous, but it really isn't considering how many millions of people 
imbibe from the culture each and every day and how this moves the culture to the left. But in, in more materially political news, the debt ceiling fight continues apace. Chuck Schumer is out there claiming that it's Republicans' fault that we're having a debt ceiling fight. He says, what's your plan? Why exactly aren't you guys just pushing forward with whatever you want on the debt ceiling? If we don't renew the debt ceiling, average American families will be clobbered. Their interest rates would go up. Their pension savings would go down. The cost of a house would go up up to $100,000. So it's risky. Now, McCarthy says he wants to uh, attach certain spending cuts to do this. A, where is your plan, Mr. McCarthy? He says he wants cuts. We ask him which ones. He won't say any. Is it Social Security and Medicare? That would hurt the American He says people. it won't be. He says it won't, but a lot of other people in his caucus still say it will. Okay, so Democrats are still lying. They're suggesting that Republicans are going to ask for a vast restructuring of Social Security and Medicare in order to raise the debt ceiling. That, of course, is not going to happen. McCarthy apparently got together some of the, quote-unquote, five families of the House GOP, according to CNN. Those represent the various ideological wings of the conference. And they met for the first time to discuss the range of possibilities and kick around ideas about raising the debt limit. McCarthy did not attend that particular session, but he did enlist a close confidant, Louisiana Representative Garrett Graves, to lead that discussion. Top committee chairman and other members of leadership also participated as well. The goal is to develop a consensus about a proposal that can pass the House with GOP votes alone and strengthen their conference's negotiating position as Washington stares into a debt default this summer. It'll be Fascinating to see if McCarthy can put this thing together, but he is attempting to do the right thing by avoiding a fight over things that are completely useless, like Social Security and Medicare with the Democratic Senate and president. Meanwhile, investors are looking at Joe Biden's supposed booming economy, and they are fleeing funds that track stocks. According to The Wall Street Journal, investors have pulled a net $31 billion from U.S. equity mutual funds and exchange traded funds in the past six weeks alone, according to Refinitiv Lipper data through Wednesday. It marks the longest streak of weekly net outflows since last summer and the most money pulled in aggregate from domestic equity funds to start a year since 2016. So people are pouring their money into international equity funds, meaning they're not investing in the United States quite as much, and they're investing, they're, they're pulling a lot of their money away from U.S. equity mutual funds. Flows toward funds outside of domestic equities indicate a level of apprehension from investors who are not buying that 2023 rebound in U.S. stocks, according to some analysts. That, of course, is not a major shock. Meanwhile, some of our leading financial lights continue to insist that the United States should lead the way in spending trillions of dollars on things like climate change. You wonder why people aren't investing quite the same way they were in uh, a few years ago? The answer is people are very much afraid that the government is going to step in and prohibit them from investing in the things that are the most profitable. Larry Fink, the head of BlackRock, he actually gave a number yesterday that blows everything out of the water. He says that if you want to get to net zero globally in terms of carbon emissions, we have to spend $50 trillion. Who's up for that one? The transition that we are going to be undergoing related to sustainability is a huge economic opportunity. We're going to be creating new technologies, new industries, as other industries are going to be become less important. But let's be clear. Let's focus on, on society's acceptance to create new jobs, to create new technologies, to move forward. We're going to need $50 trillion of investing to get to a net zero world. Uh-huh, $50 trillion. Yeah, pro probably the economy is in the best of hands. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So, things that I like. Last night, there was one commercial that I actually thought was kind of nice. It was a commercial starring Miles Teller and his wife. And um, here, it was for Bud Light. Here was a bit of the commercial. The estimated haul time is now less than 
96 minutes. For those who can't see, she's sitting there and listening to a voicemail or the, uh, the hold music, customer service. The mouse seller comes out and starts doing funny dances for her, basically. And then she uh, gets up and starts dancing with him. Okay. We thank Sounds you nice. For your patience. Okay. It's a nice commercial, you know? Look at that, a married couple dancing with one yes. another. Okay, please hold. I, I also, uh, I thought this was uh, actually cute also because I, I will admit that I have actually done this with my own wife. This is <laughs> where the, that whole music is just lasting forever. So I thought that was actually kind of a nice commercial. Another thing that I like, I like it when people who are crazy demonstrate that they're full-scale crazy so we can stop pretending that they're not crazy. So Sam Smith, over the weekend, he appeared at the Brit Awards dressed apparently as a person with terrible gout who wears tight black pants or as a spade, like like on a playing card, is the idea, I guess, here. According to Phil Star Life, Sam Smith continues to trend for their bold fashion choices, both of them, continuing their streak with an avant-garde look at the 2023 Brit Awards. The singer wore a custom outfit by a Kerala-born menswear designer, Perry, at the awards ceremony on Sunday, featuring an all-black latex bodysuit shaped similar to a spade. He matched his outfit with, oh, uh-oh. They say he matched his outfit. Mistake, Phil Star Life. They matched their outfit with matching black high heel boots, a right pearl earring, and a left metal stud. In an Instagram post, apparently the costume was a direct response to hate directed toward Smith's body image. Sam was having a lot of hate comments recently after Unholy about their body image. This is my take on celebrating their natural form and the beauty of being oneself. Yes, this is beautiful. It is beautiful. Also, as um, Emily Zanotti, a friend, tweeted out, uh, the, the sound around Sam Smith, as Sam Smith made his way, like tried to walk in this, which was like, <laughs> like balloons just rubbing together as, as he moved. Must have been just wonderful. Uh, guys, we're just, we're just the, the Washington, D.C. district in, in Hunger Games now. That's just that, that's what we've become. We're a place of bread and circuses and silliness. And uh, thanks to Sam Smith for pointing that out. And one of the nice things about when people actually stump on behalf, actively stump on behalf of Satan is that he, at least they're not hiding the ball anymore. Like that's, that's good. This is Satan's outfit over here. Satan, Satan approves this, this aesthetic choice. I can, I can understand no other rationale for wearing what looks like Big Hero 6 with some form of leg cancer. Solid stuff right there. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So Valentine's Day is coming up this week. And the Washington Post is focused laser-like on the people most affected by Valentine's Day. These would be people who are asexual and aromantic. We should just call these lonely people. But now, apparently, we now have, we, we have to have like a big focus on this. This is one of my biggest annoyances in life, seriously, is that there are rules and ceremonies, and they apply to the vast majority of the population. And our press, because they are transgressive in the extreme, all they care about is breaking rules and norms. They find the person who is like outside the box, like, but isn't this person victimized by Valentine's Day? Isn't this? So you have a standard in society that people should generally not be hugely obese. People, people should try to keep fit. They find this one person who is very happy being extraordinarily obese. Like, 
But what about Bob? What about, have you thought about Bob? Well, this is what we're now doing with Valentine's Day. We must remember the plight of the asexual and aromantic on Valentine's Day. See, here's the thing. As a member of a minority group in the United States, namely I'm an Orthodox Jew, I don't feel like every Christmas there has to be a story in the New York Times about what do Orthodox Jews do on Christmas? What, aren't they left out? Yeah, well, okay, yeah, we're left out. And also we just go and eat Chinese food. Like, what's the problem? Like, why, why do we have to have full stories about it? But apparently it is very important to think of the plight of people like Odella Pax, 37, who has always been skeptical of Valentine's Day. She's not opposed to romantic gestures, she said, but the holiday feels capitalistic and corporate driven as companies entice couples to spend big on presents and chocolate. If I have a partner, why do I only have to give them presents on one day? Why do I only give them flowers on one day? Why is that day in particular special, said the Penn Salkin at New Jersey resident. It just never made sense to me. Pax's skepticism is widely shared, but hers comes with a twist. A twist. She identifies as both asexual and idem romantic. And we just used to call these lonely people. Now they're an actual minority protected class. Asexual and idem romantic, which means she does not have any desire for sex. And she doesn't make any distinction between romantic and platonic feelings. There's like a group for that. So what to do with a holiday that assumes romantic and sexual attraction are the norm? This year, she's been doing what she usually does on February 14th, making time for self-love and self-care. It sounds like this person has a lot of time for self-love and self-care because all they do is think about themselves all day long. For her, that means soaking in a hot bath before curling up in bed with her three stuffed animals, Findal, Marsha, and Sylvia, the last two named after trailblazing trans activist Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Sounds like a happy life right there. We are creating a society of happy people by focusing on the marginalized groups who refuse to or do not wish to take part in nice things like, you know, traditional romance. We can make the world a better place so that everyone who wants to curl up with Findal, Marsha, and Sylvia, named for trailblazing trans activists as stuffed animals, can do so on Valentine's Day. Romance is such the expected norm, said Pax. It is in the movies. It is in advertising. It is in music. It is in books. It is everywhere. Well, that's bad. That's very bad. Pax is not alone in rejecting the notion the relationships acknowledged on February 14th have to include romance and sex. Roughly 1% of Americans are asexual, according to a study from the Williams Institute at UCLA. Although experts such as Jennifer Pollitt, assistant director of gender, sexuality, and women's studies at Temple University in Philadelphia, a professional useless person, believes the population is undercounted and its influence underestimated because of a lack of awareness. Clancy Withers, 19, realized that they were asexual. You notice the high correlation between the transing and the gender non-binary and, and the asexual and aromantic. You notice it? Almost as though social contagion is a thing. Clancy Withers, 19, realized they were asexual and aromantic in high school when they noticed how differently they experienced attraction compared to their peers. When asexual and aromantic people like someone, you're attracted to them as a person and you're attracted to the way they are with you and the way they are with other people. This year, their valentine is their friend Dax, who has helped them manage their Tourette syndrome. But we're, we're supposed to pretend again that this is just a marginalized identity group. This isn't a person with a problem that, that probably we should focus on solving. It's all of society that must change to, to be more tolerant. Okay, meanwhile, one more thing that I hate. So I love this headline from the New York Times. A Yale professor suggested mass suicide for old people in Japan. What did he mean? I mean, I think it was suggested in the first sentence that he wants all the old people to die. That would be the thing that, that he meant. His pronouncements could hardly sound more drastic. In interviews and public appearances, Yusuke Narita, an assistant professor of economics at Yale, has taken on the question of how to deal with the burdens of Japan's rapidly aging society. I feel like the only solution is pretty clear, he said during one online news program in late 2021. In the end, isn't it mass suicide and mass seppuku of the elderly? Seppuku is an act of ritual disembowelment that was code among dishonored samurai in the 19th century. First of all, I mean, if you're going to like kill all the old people, seppuku is a pretty bad way to go. It like involved 
like taking a knife and plunging in your stomach and going up and like all your intestines. Come, eh, eh. Last year, when asked by a school-aged boy to elaborate on his mass seppuku theories, Dr. Naruto graphically described to a group of assembled students a scene from Midsummer, a 2019 horror film in which a Swedish cult sends one of its oldest members to commit suicide by jumping off a cliff. Whether that's a good thing or not, that's a more difficult question to answer, Dr. Narita said. If you think that's good, maybe you can work hard toward creating a society like that. At other times, he has broached the, pop- the topic of euthanasia. Dr. Narita said his statements had been taken out of context, and he was mainly addressing a growing effort to push the most senior people out of leadership positions in business and politics, but he has pushed the hottest button in Japan. So um, he appears frequently on Japanese online shows, and he wears signature eyeglasses with one round and one square lens. He is a, among a few Japanese provocateurs who have found an eager audience by gleefully breaching social taboos. So he is suggesting that all of the old people basically kill themselves because Japan has a massive social welfare state and all the old people are drawing on it too greatly. If, by the way, you think that this is um, a rarity, you should recall that Canada right now is put, pushing euthanasia and like really pushing euthanasia on anyone they can get to take it. This is going to be a widespread phenomenon throughout Western democracies within our lifetimes is going to be pushing elderly people to essentially commit suicide in order to make room for the youngs. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be continually broached over and over and over again. I mean, Ezekiel Emanuel, who is literally the guy who designed Obamacare, wrote a piece for the Atlantic, quote, why I hope to die at 75. 75 is about three to five years below the average life expectancy in the United States. So this is going to be a topic broached more and more often by the euthanasia enthusiasts on the left as the social welfare state continues to increase in cost and as the demographic triangle continues to turn upside down. All right, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll get into your questions in the mailbag. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. This show is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find the mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has just the mattress for you. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix midnight mattress because I wanted a medium firmness and I sleep on my side. I am sleeping so much better on my new mattress. Don't want to take my word for it? Well, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, and you won't believe how well you'll sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and a free bedroom bundle for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com dailywire and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. That's helixsleep.com dailywire, code HELIXPARTNER20.